Jackson keeps Stanley in front of him. Touchdown, Lamar. Now second and one. Jackson, end zone, likely for the touchdown. We're back with Trista, Ryan, and Nick on BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. 100 yards rushing for Lamar Jackson last week. Probably expect the same thing, especially when you're peeking at the uh, weather report for Baltimore on Sunday. Real quick, guys, before we get to James Coe, breaking news. The NBA's East and West All-Star starters have been announced. Remember, it's back to the normal East-West format. They're not doing the draft anymore, which kind of disappointing. But, you know, the NBA, they'll change things up in the All-Star weekend like every two years for the West. Should be no surprise with any of these names. LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. On the East, Giannis, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Halliburton getting that recognition. And Damian Lillard in his first year in Milwaukee is an all-star over Jalen Brunson. Mm. I am not happy about Neither that. Neither am I. Nope. Not happy. I think um, Josh Hart tweeted earlier, uh, if he does, if if he doesn't get announced, we riot. So I'd like to see if Josh Hart is planning on rioting tonight, or if he's just going to play basketball. Ooh, I already <laughs> bet the Knicks. I'm going to play some Jalen Brunson yeah, props. Yeah, yes, yeah. why? Well, yeah, I took the over twenty and a half points. So oh. get on it. Yeah, he's got a now something, he, something. Now, now he's going to be motivated. All right, James Co jumps on with us, co-owner Reception Perception Podcast. And speaking of the weather in Baltimore, uh, it looks nasty. It's looking uh, rainy and cold. We're not that far from it, so I can look out the window here and tell you, yeah, it's going to be nasty for the next few days. Who do you like because of that type of weather, and who do you not like in terms of props this weekend in that game? I can guess probably Lamar Jackson would be on the like side of things for you, right? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I do have his over-rushing prop of 64.5 at minus 120. Um, One is that KC runs man at the 11th highest rate. Uh, in the NFL and man coverage does tend to open the door for more rushes as well. And and I'll say this, it definitely certainly opens the door for more bigger play rushes. So Lamar, again, coming off that hundred yard rush day, as you mentioned, chiefs gave up just 70 uh, or just gave up 70 uh, plus rushing yards to Josh Allen. I'm expecting Jackson um, to run it a little bit more, by the way, I don't know about you guys, but he looked a little jittery in that Houston game. And I know these playoff losses have certainly mounted and, and I think the pressure is on for Lamar here. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him tuck it and run a lot more in this ball game. Yeah. And Willie Gay, uh, who was supposed to spy Josh Allen, he's injured with a neck. So I don't know if he's going to go, but, uh, looks like he had a limited practice yesterday and today just to jump on little bit more of what you're saying in terms of what the Chiefs want to do uh, against this Ravens defense which has been one of the best in the NFL so far this year uh, what do you think the Chiefs uh, are going to scheme to do and and how what props should we be looking at so the props that I'm looking at uh, really just revolve around Travis Kelsey. Baltimore's defense has been really, really good, and they're this weird amoeba defense. You don't know what you're going to get, right? They're about league average in zone coverage. They're about league average in man coverage, and they really cater their defense to what the other team wants to get done. Now, that being said, 
Um, Rasheed Rice's injury scares me a little bit. You know, I played that prop last week and I got burned. Mm -hmm. uh, Travis Kelsey, to me, feels like the guy that should be featured heavily in this matchup, right? Over 62 and a half receiving yards at minus 110. That feels really nice because, one, I don't know about you guys, but it seemed like Kelsey's moving around just a little mm -hmm. bit more. Over the last two weeks, he's been seeing more targets, more receptions, more yards, and more yards per target than what he saw during the regular season. So... Uh, and, and remember, not ideal conditions over the last two weeks either, and some pretty good defenses that he's faced as well. So I really like Travis Kelsey. Baltimore has been burned by the tight end uh, position just a little bit this year, so I, I think Ke Kelsey has a really good chance to hit his props. Let's stick with the tight ends because Mark Andrews going to play in this game. His receptions just got put up on the uh, board. It's three and a half. It's minus 140 to the under, which makes complete sense because we didn't think we were going to see him the rest of the year. Um would you play anything with Mark Andrews coming back from this injury? Or if you're doing anything with the tight ends, are you looking at Isaiah likely maybe anytime touchdown? Or are you just staying away from both in this matchup? I I feel like you got to stay away from both. Yeah. No, you know, I, I don't know how much, you know, what's the snap percentage going to look like for Mark Andrews? Again, as you mentioned, there was a, a real concern that Mark Andrews is going to miss the entire year. And here he is coming back uh, in a big time spot in the conference championship. I think they're going to work him in. Now he's been practicing all week. So all indications would be that he works in, but man, likely has been making some plays for this yeah. Baltimore offense. How do you shut him out of this offense? Given the production that he's given you over the past month or so, right? So I don't know, man. It, it really feels like they might go with a two-pronged approach here at tight end. And by the way, Odell Beckham Jr. hasn't really been playing that much. So again, it's kind of sort of, for me, feeding into this idea that it might be more 12 personnel for Baltimore. Nasty weather, as you mentioned. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I think he's familiar in these 12 personnel sets. So I don't know, man. I, I just feel really wonky about it. You know, I, I don't know what to do with those tight ends, and I'm probably staying away. You know, on the other side of things, when you're talking about weather, Santa Clara, where the 49ers stadium is, 73 and sunny is what it's looking like. I mean, damn. First off, we know everybody's in a better mood when the weather looks like that. So we'll just know right then and there. Everybody's going to be happy to play football. Screw that football weather thing. Everybody wants to play in the sun. But that does certainly benefit some guys. There may be a Brock Purdy because we saw playing in the rain. Kind of not really his thing, but... Besides just Brock Purdy and putting even the weather aside, or I mean, you can certainly throw that in there for anybody if you want, but the run defense that the Lions bring to the table against the 49ers, does that give you any pause at all? Anything involving Christian McCaffrey and rushing yards or rushing attempts? Yeah, so I'm not really touching the rushing props for CMC, mm. mostly because, again, as you mentioned, Detroit low-key has been the best run defense in the NFL since Week 10, right? So, um, but, man, it, it is funny, though, when you talk about this quarterback matchup, Brock, Brock Purdy versus Jared Goff, both these guys' hands, apparently they melt in the rain. It, they're like the Wicked Witch of the West. You get a little wet, 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 wet weather on their hands, and their hands melt. I don't understand what's going on. These guys can't throw the ball in the weather. Like, what, what, what what's going on here uh, between these two quarterbacks? But that being said, man, I, oh, my God, I love all the props for the San Francisco, you know, receivers. Whether we're talking about Brock Purdy, whether we're talking about Brandon Ayuk, I like the over for the passing yards for Brock Purdy. Anytime touchdown 
for Brandon Ayuk. I feel like that one is just, I mean, lock it up, okay? Detroit can't defend nobody uh, on the outside. As a matter of fact, they've given up the most touchdowns to outside receivers since week 10. Primary outside wide receivers have caught a touchdown in 9 of 11 games versus Detroit. Lock it up, Brandon Ayuk, anytime TD. James, really quick, I wanted to uh, piggyback off that and ask you about McCaffrey. You said you're not going to play the rushing yards. Completely agree. What do you think about the receiving yards if Debo doesn't go or even if Debo does go? I mean, the two games without him, McCaffrey went for 51, 64 receiving yards. And the Detroit linebackers can't really cover as well. I mean, Jack Campbell, not very good in coverage, uh, is a rookie. What do you think about maybe the receiving yards, especially if Debo's not a go in this game? If, if Debo's not a go, I actually think George Kittle probably benefits the most. Okay. Now, again, again, I, I love everything. All the props regarding Brandon Ayuk. Hit them all. Hit the yeah. offers on all of them. But if Debo doesn't go, I actually think we start shifting our focus now to George Kittle. Now, Detroit has been tough against tight ends. So as we sit here today, I can't advocate George Kittle. But if Debo doesn't go, then I'm a little bit more intrigued. But you're right. CMC is going to get his. Whether by hook or by crook, I don't care if it's on the ground or it's through the air. CMC's getting his, man. So you're right. If the, if the Lions are going to bottle him up on the ground like we think they may... Although they may not. I mean, CMC is just such a special player. Uh, I think that the receiving options there for CMC probably make a lot of sense, too. You, you look at what the Packers did against the Niners. Aaron Jones, 18 carries, 108 yards. That is just a shocking development, especially considering that the Niners one of the best rush defenses the entire year. So when you look at Jameer Gibbs, you look at David Montgomery, you think they're going to be able to replicate that? And if so, who should we look to play? So I'm a little torn on David Montgomery. At first, I was like, oh, I'm going to hit the under. I think it's 43 and a half right now is his, his rushing yards. But then when I start looking at uh, San Francisco, over the last, uh, since week number 10, they're actually below league average in yards per carry, uh, in yards after contact, in yards before contact. Now, all of that being said, They've allowed the fifth fewest rushing yards to running backs since that week 10 time period, right? But some of the advanced metrics would make you think, all right, you can run on them. And that's exactly what Aaron Jones did to this unit last week, right? So I'm a little bit torn. I, I don't know which way I want to go because, again, San Francisco has allowed the fifth fewest rushing yards to running backs. David Montgomery feels like the kind of back that San Francisco should bottle up. But, man, they have been giving it up on the ground a little bit. When you look at Detroit as a whole, I mean, clearly we know that backfield. You may, I mean, there is Jameer Gibbs. There's the David Montgomery split between the two. How have you been approaching that with them? Have you been kind of cautious? Has it been more about maybe like rushing plus receiving with Jameer Gibbs? Because it do, doesn't it kind of feel like like week after week, it's a little bit up and down except for a David Montgomery touchdown maybe. And then, you know, Jameer Gibbs maybe more as a receiver. I feel like right. it's been kind of tough to gauge kind of what you're going to get week by week from that backfield. What you just said right there about Jameer Gibbs out of the backfield, that's what I'm most intrigued by, mm -hmm. right? So right now his receiving prop is at 22.5. It feels really low. I, I, I've got him projected here for three catches for 25. So I like the over in terms of uh, the receiving yards. San Francisco is bottom 10 in receptions and receiving yards allowed to running backs since week number 10. So if you're going to get him somewhere, it's kind of sort of out of the backfield. And what does that tell you? Oh, that's going to be a little bit of Jameer Gibbs. Now, again, fifth fewest rushing yards, but man, out of the backfield, they do give it up. So I think Jameer Gibbs might have a really good day out of the backfield here as a pass catcher. What about Amon Ross St. Brown? Because we all think, and, and understandably so, that he should pretty much eat 
no matter who is the matchup. And you know that the Niners secondary can be gotten uh, the number 86 and a half receiving yards. I really like it, um, and I'll go ahead and take the over on that. Okay, ASRB has been over this line in five of his last six games, and it's not the worst matchup in the world, guys. San Francisco a lot softer out of the slot than they are on the outside. Niners about league average when it comes to receptions, completion percentage allowed to slot receivers, and they have not seen good slot receivers, by the way. Okay, so Amon Ross St. Brown, if he's working on the inside, perfect placement for him he gets to avoid the outside coverage and he gets to work on the inside i think he's going to eat to me i feel like he's going to get uh 90 plus in this one so again 85 or 86 and a half depending on where you look i, I love that line for him all right james this time next week when we're talking who are the two teams in the super bowl that we're talking about Listen, I think San Francisco is going to absolutely smash Detroit. Where Detroit is yeah. weak, this is where San Francisco is strong, right? Like, they'd run a lot of man coverage, and Brock Purdy destroys man coverage, right? We're talking about a dude uh, in terms of Brock Purdy with 19 passing touchdowns versus just one interception versus man coverage. Brock Purdy's going to destroy this this defense. I think he, he goes crazy. And I think just, again... <laughs> Shanahan owns golf, man. He just owns them. So I love Detroit in this game. I think they cover the seven points there uh, pretty easily. Oh, man. And, and I know Baltimore's the one seed, but, man, it's the Mahomes magic in uh, in a playoff spot. And I just love Andy Reid. I love Mahomes in this spot. I know they're a dog in this one, but go ahead and give me uh, Chiefs money line. It's crazy. At this point now, the Chiefs have become the Patriots, right? Where it was like, you don't ever write off Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Now it's Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Give me that matchup. And I love that matchup too. Kansas City and the Taylor Swift fans versus the San Francisco 49ers, man. You know what? Here's the thing. I'm truly pulling for San Francisco. And this is the reason. CMC's an all-timer. He's a Hall of Famer. Yes. It is. It would be a damn shame for this guy not to play in the Super Bowl and win at least one. I'm rooting for it. Yeah, plus we know the NFL would love to have Taylor Swift either show up at the game so they can show her or maybe make a secret a surprise appearance for the halftime show. And with remember, Usher. she had uh, she was making all those clothings for, or, or Juszczyk's wife was making clothings for Taylor Swift. So uh, maybe Juszczyk's wife oh, will say, no, no, Taylor, right. I'll give that's you something right. defective, bitch. It's all about the marketing <laughs> and the conspiracy theories on this show. James Coe, Reception Perception Podcast. Always good to talk to you, buddy. Thanks, man. All right, we'll talk in a couple weeks. See you guys. Man, I'll tell you what. When you sit here and you think about it, it's like if you're the NFL, you're going, you know, uh, Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, we could really get Taylor Swift there. Yeah, that's really what we want. Let's be honest. It that, ain't happening, that's what though, baby. No, it's Usher Ravens 49ers, damn it. And Taylor Swift. Usher, Usher. Guys, I did something. What'd you What'd do? You do? You've been, the the gears have been turning over here for you. Found a market I really, really like. You know what? I'll tease it. I'll talk about it later. I'm oh. not going to tell you right now. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm not going to do that. Uh, McCole Hardman, anytime touchdown, I just found plus 850. Wow. McCole Hardman, over one and a half reception, plus 120. I wow. was listening to the uh, Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey podcast, which isn't an Odyssey podcast, there but you? I still listened anyway, and it was still really good. I think you're allowed to, actually, to listen and to things outside Kelsey took full blame. For the Hardman fumble. He Did said he? he missed the block, and he said, we're going to get him in there this week. Yeah. He said he's going to bounce back this week. He's going to bounce back. And that's the Chiefs' way, though. Like, I tweeted yeah. out immediately, Hardman will never see the field ever again. But that's not how they roll, man. Mahomes, he always goes up to his guys. He says, pick your head up. 
you're going to make plenty of plays coming up in this game. And I think that's what's going to happen. By plenty of plays, I think he catches one ball, at least two maybe, and he gets in the end zone. Plus 850, McCall Hardman, bounce back game. You heard it here first. You know what? Sometimes a narrative bet involves people and their interactions, and that's exactly what that is. When some zig, we zag. When most lose, I win. Hardman gets in the end zone. Guaranteed or I shave my head on Monday. (laughs) You always say this, and you never come through. I'm not going to do that. Does better weather mean a surge in Brock Purdy's numbers this Sunday? We look at that market next. BetMGM tonight. Tristan, Nick, and Ryan are taking a break to catch up on their bets. Don't go anywhere. There's plenty more on BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL.